So, so some of us are being defeated by the desires that we think are of the devil. The only reason that the enemy is having um, making work in our lives is because these are desires that we entertain. So notice this. Therefore, the ability of the enemy to win in our lives is based on the condition of our will. Somebody say, my desires. And, and this is why the enemy has defeated so many believers by way of ungodly desires because many of us allow our desires to run rampant. And here's what I mean by running rampant. That means unchecked access and unchecked appetite. Notice this. I mean desires that are fulfilled without restraints. And, I, and not only that, desires that are fed without restraints. Somebody say unchecked. I've got, to check, I've got to check my ungodly desires. So notice this, the effectiveness of the divisive desires in our lives is dependent upon the access we allow our desires to be fulfilled and the appetite of our desires that we satisfy. Did y'all hear what I just said? The only reason that the enemy will get victory in my life based upon ungodly desires is by the access that my desires have the ability to be fulfilled. And notice this, also the, the appetite that I allow my desires to have satisfied. Somebody say, ungodly desires. So, so here's the question that we have to ask ourselves as believers. How accessible do I make it for my ungodly desires to be fulfilled? How do I manage the feeding of my ungodly appetite? Have I placed restraints around my ungodly desires? Notice this. Do my ungodly desires have unchecked access and an unchecked appetite? Those who can consistently answer yes to the latter are those who are consistently defeated by the enemy's device of ungodly desires. This is why James, the brother of Jesus, warns us of this device in James 1 through um, um, chapter 1 verses 12 through 15 concerning ungodly desires. I want you to notice something about this for every believer. Somebody say every believer. Every James says you need to expect this device. Not only that, he speaks of the effectiveness of this device. And then he says that this device is not by God, but it's by the enemy. Somebody say the enemy. Amen. But yet verse 12 of our foundational text says, James says to endure temptation. Somebody say endure. Then this is the Greek word which means to persevere or stand up again. So the question that we got to ask ourselves, if I should expect this device in my life, that, that means that there's no believer that can avoid this device of being made manifest in their life. If we can be honest with ourselves, we've all been tempted by some stuff that was not good for us. So, so, so James says, I need you to expect it. And I also need you to know, depending upon how you um, allow these desires to be made manifest in your life, I want you to know that they can be effective. Amen. And then I want you to know, it's not God that's causing these desires to run, run, up, run rapid in your life. It's the enemy. So James says, I need you to endure. So, so the question I gotta ask myself is how then do I persevere or stand up against this ungodly desires that the enemy wants to use in my life? I'm glad you asked. Here's the first thing I want you to know. Ungodly desires that are alive in you are ungodly desires that the enemy will use to attack you. I've got to find out what desires in me are alive. Somebody say alive. Alive. We've got to always be asking ourselves what that is not of God is alive in my life. 
We, we don't like to ask that question of ourselves, y'all. Y'all know what we like to do. We're easy of pointing out what's alive in somebody else, but we never want to talk about what's alive in me. I gotta ask the question, what's alive in me? Because notice this, you can be a disciple and still not be fully delivered. We don't like that. We want to say once we come to glory, once we get our, our, our lives together, that we're going to be fully delivered from all things. Tell your neighbor the devil is alive. And, and notice this, as long as you're a disciple that is wrapped in flesh, you will always have something that you need to be delivered from. That means this pastor up here got some stuff. While I'm yet preaching, I got some stuff that I got to be delivered from. Many preachers ain't gonna say that, y'all. Right. This is why Paul declared this in Romans 7 18. I think Miss Carol is helping me out this morning. I appreciate you. It, it says, For I know that um, in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells, for to will is present within me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. But basically, what I'm saying, in this flesh, no good thing dwells within me. As long as I'm wrapped in flesh, there's going to be something that dwells within me that's not good for me. Tell you, there's something in me. There's something in me. I, therefore, as a disciple, I need to be consistently, hear this, searching out within me what needs to die. That, 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 that has to be a consistent thing. If I want to stay married to Serena, she's a lovely wife. I love my wife. But if I want to stay married to her, I got to be checking in my spirit, man, what in me needs to die. The reason why a lot of people get divorced is because somebody started stop checking what ungodly desires resided in them that needed to die. Yeah, okay, y'all don't like that. The reason why pastors fall, the reason I, I saw something the other day, is one pastor that got, got life in prison for sex trafficking a young girl that was 15 years old. He grew a mega church, and I promise you that after he grew it, he stopped checking what needed to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta keep checking, and it has to be consistent. Because notice this, I'm a spirit that's housed in a body. So I'm wrapped in flesh. This spirit man that's within me is wrapped in flesh. And in this flesh dwells no good thing. There's something in me that needs to die. I'll tell you that there's something in me that needs to die. And notice this is why Paul declared in Colossians 3, 5, he says, put the death. Somebody say, put the death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, and here's the problem with many believers is we keep too many ungodly things that should have been killed. Oh the reason why the enemy runs rampant in our lives because we want to hold on to too much stuff that God told me to kill. And notice this. I, I, want you, I want you to hear me and hear me good. The, the Bible says that we go from faith to faith. So that means with every season that passes and every journey that God takes me on, I need to kill something to be sustained. Hear this in my new season. So that means the stuff I used to do when I was single, when I got married, there was some stuff I needed to kill. The stuff that I did when I was a frontline worker and now I'm a manager, there was some stuff that I needed to kill to sustain myself in this new season. But many of us, you know what we do? We kill our seasons because we don't want to kill the stuff that God wants to do. The reason why many of us can't hold on to stuff is because we stop killing stuff that we, we try to keep stuff that God told us to do. Tell you that you got to kill some stuff. 
So, and, and hear this. Oh, you got to hear this. Don't notice why Paul continues in verse 6 of Colossians 3 with these words. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So, no, so in essence, what he's saying, the desires that I don't kill might have the ability to kill me. Did y'all hear what I just said? The stuff that I don't kill might have the ability to kill me. Some of y'all committed suicide. I'll tell you, neighbor, don't commit suicide. And hear this, hear this. I'm not just talking about spiritual death. Tell your neighbor, the pastor's not talking about spiritual death. But if, I, if we can be honest with ourselves, there are some ungodly desires that remain alive can kill you physically as well. If we can be honest, there were some drug desires that we should have killed that killed us. Okay, that was that we, I don't know y'all, there's some people that had some drug desires that they should have killed. There's some lust desires that we should have killed, but killed us. Y'all know people, you know mistress, mistresses don't play around, y'all. My, my wife was watching something about, it, it was on one of them shows talking about greed and money. You know, folk get into lust. Mistresses will kill the wife. Okay, y'all. I ain't just talking about STDs. Keep sleeping with the other one. Right? Even desires that many did not kill, kill them. Right? Despite what we perceive, the enemy uses his devices Every device that I told you about, he used to steal, kill, and destroy. Somebody say destroy. Alright, so we must kill every ungodly desire that wants to kill us. So the question that I gotta ask us, we gotta ask ourselves, what have I put to death lately? What have I put to death lately? If you ain't put nothing to death lately, something may be on the verge of killing you. Question we gotta ask ourselves. Because the, it notices the enemy can't attack you with what's what's not alive. The Bible says that temptation does not come from God, but it comes from the enemy. And then he says, We're drawn away by our own lustful desires. So if I don't want the enemy to use this desire to drive me and entice me away, he can't use that which is not alive. So here's the first litmus test. To figure out what's alive in me. What am I being tempted by? Y'all ain't y'all ain't gotta have no meeting with the pastor. Y'all ain't gotta y'all ain't gotta fast 40 days and 40 nights. All you gotta figure out is what am I being tempted by? Because as soon as I realize what's tempting me, that's something that's alive. So so here this preserving in the midst of the device of ungodly desires requires here this. Consistent execution. I gotta execute some things um, that are alive in me. And then it also requires consistent examination. Let every man examine himself. I gotta, I gotta examine myself. We stop examining ourselves. Our prayer must be as the psalmist in Psalm 139, Search me, O God. Y'all, we don't like to we don't like to pray that. Because as soon as we say search me, O God, God begins to shine the light on the stuff that we don't want nobody to know. But, I, but, but if you don't want the enemy, and hear this, regardless of the spiritual death, I don't want to die physically. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, I, I feel like we're here, y'all. Yeah. Alright, so if we find any ungodly desires within us that is yet alive, we must kill it before it kills us. So here's my first point, and I'm going to be out your way. I've got to figure out what's alive in me. And here's the good litmus test. What's 
enticing me? What's dragging me away? What yet still tempts me? Because whatever tempts me is still alive. Here, here's the next thing. You will never put to death what you still delight in. So here's the other thing. Y'all keep y'all mind holy, but here's the next word, arouse. I, I, I got to figure out what arouses me. And here's this. We've got to stop playing with ungodly desires because ungodly desires ain't playing with us. In verse 14, notice this in our foundational text. It speaks of ungodly desires enticing us. This word entice is in the Greek is the Greek word which means to lure as with bait. And hear this, I want you to hear me and hear me good. You can't lure somebody with something that they don't like. And you can't lure some, someone with something that is not in their location. I, I want y'all to stay, stay with me. What am I trying to say? And we're bringing him down in just a few weeks. But Bishop T. Anthony Brown said it this way. It's not that I don't like it anymore. It's just not available. <laughs> Many of us make the stuff that the enemy uses to lure us too available. Tell you, don't make it so available. I don't, I don't want to make it too, so available. You, too many believers are aroused by ungodly desires and take the bait of ungodly desires because we made ourselves accessible to ungodly environments. Notice this, where ungodly temptation dwells. So arousal, hear this. Y'all, for all the, the mirror folk, arousal, right, is dependent upon preference and proximity. Y'all know about this thing. I, I, I can be around one of y'all, but it, it, dep it depends on preference and proximity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I made that plain to y'all. Right? So that means, notice this, whatever my flesh prefers, I need to ensure that I'm not in close proximity or I will be subject to fall. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I don't want the enemy to use this device toward me, I, oh, I, I want to say this real quick. I want to say this real quick. Sometimes understanding, we've got to understand that everything won't be deliverance. Mm -hmm. Everything I won't be delivered yeah. by. This yeah. is why Paul said, his grace is sufficient. Yeah. Right? So some of us, some of y'all try to get on the altar and get delivered by some stuff. Some of us fast 40 days and 40 nights to be delivered by some stuff. Some of us try to get the intercessors, the guys around us to be um, delivered by stuff. But deliverance here this is not always available. Oh, we don't like that. So, so when deliverance is not available, hear this, I've got to learn discipline. Somebody say discipline. Keep your behind out of from proximity to what your flesh is afraid of. Now, I'm going to give you Bible. I'm going to give you Bible. David fell by, by way of an ungodly desire with Bathsheba because his flesh, hear this, was in too close proximity to what it preferred. He wasn't going to be delivered from that. He just needed some discipline. So, so, so I think you got it up there on the screen for me, Miss Carolyn. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 2 through 4. It says, then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed. So men, stop trying to get deliverance from women that look good. I, I, I like women that look good, but I've got to have some level of discipline. God, God wired me that way. He wired me that way. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And that woman was bathing. And you know what? If that girl was bathing up on that day, I'm pretty sure she was bathing up on another day. And as soon as I saw her walking out to bathe, I should have 
said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he laid with her. Notice this. I want you to hear something to hear good. If we can be honest, it's difficult to resist those things that we are too close to. If, I, if it's in my face, it's going to be hard for me to resist that thing. Yeah. Y'all yeah. know there's some places that you don't need to go. You just get too close. I, I can say no. Notice this. I can say no when I'm with the saints. When I'm with some other brothers. But as soon as I try to go there on my own, no, I got, I got a lot of power. Greater is in me than it is in the world. I can't resist that stuff because I'm too close. Tell you, baby, don't get so close. And this is why James 4, 7, through 8 says this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We love to say that. We love to quote that. But notice what verse 8 says. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So in other words, James was saying our resisting must also involve retreating. You can't resist. You, if I'm going to resist, i got to also retreat. Tell me, baby, i got to retreat. Right? So I've got, I've got to retreat. And you can't resist the devil without, notice this, retreating to God. Amen. So the Bible says, resist the devil that he might flee. And then he says, come near to God that he might come near to you. Yeah. Right? My help, notice this, comes from the Lord. Yeah. It don't come, it don't come. I know you can pray all day and all night. I know that you got press shawls for days. I know being a hand that prayed over your letter personally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But your help comes from the Lord. Don't do it, don't do it. Because if 
God doing a rebuke and God also hears his retreat. Some people, and this is what some people do, they rebuke for public perception. Yeah. I, I want people to know I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm rebuking that, I'm, I'm strong in the spirit. Yeah. I want to rebuke for public perception. Yeah. But your rebuking him is, means nothing if you are still in close proximity. Yeah. It means nothing. Yeah. I don't care how much you rebuke in a bad girl, you, you, you live the way you ain't doing nothing. Y'all just been in the spirit, no you haven't. Yeah. You ain't been in no spirit, he been, he been in something, but in the spirit.
Father, we love you. Somebody say authority. authority. Here's the problem. Too many believers are giving authority to their will more so than God's will. All right, all right. We, we give more authority to my will. My will can do whatever it want to do. I, I, I choose to follow my will. Yeah. All right, this is what many believers do. They choose to follow their will. And we have to stop giving our will so much power. I want to prove it with the text. It's Mark chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. It says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns, and they are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, entering in, choke the word, and notice this, it becomes unfruitful. That means my will can choke the very word that has authority over my ungodly Y'all see that in the text? Yeah. It, it says, these things can enter in and choke the word. And notice this, now the word that was meant to give authority over my ungodly desires become, notice this, unfruitful. Unfruitful. Somebody say unfruitful. So, so, so the question I got, I have to ask myself, is what governs me? What, what, what governs me? That, that, because whatever governs me will ultimately guide me. And what we submit to will ultimately be enslaved to. Here's the reason why we can't get our ungodly desires under control is because we allow our desires to govern us. I, I, heard my, I had a friend, my, my wife had a friend before she married me. She said she was trying to figure out, should I be with you or should I go back to my dad? And a friend said, follow your heart. Right? And honestly, what she was saying was her will. Right? The heart is the place yeah. of my will, my emotions, my, 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 my feelings. So she was about to lead her on a path that would have been unfruitful. Right? And many of us follow our will. It allows it. And that's somebody say that's worldly. That's worldly wisdom when somebody says, follow your heart. And I heard my mother-in-law just say, your, your heart is desperate. And notice what the what the what else the Bible says, who can know it? It's desperately wicked and who can know it. And how many of us have gotten into trouble following our heart? This is and, and here's what I'm trying to say. This is why many times people have taken advantage of me because I follow my heart. This is the reason why many times many of us have been deceived because we follow our heart. And God says, don't follow your will, follow my word. His word has to govern you. We gotta submit to the authority of his word. And this is why Apostle Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. He said, Therefore, lay aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word. Somebody say his word. That you may grow thereby. You cannot discard what you are still being directed by. Y'all heard what I just said. I, I'm, I'll never be able to discard those things in my life if I still allow my life to be directed by those things. All right, lust will mess your behind up. All right, greed will mess your behind up if I follow those things rather than his word. For every impure desire within us, notice this, there's a pure word that that ungodly desire, somebody say this, has to submit to. 
It's, it, it, it doesn't have a choice. It has to submit to it. Because the word has authority. And if we ever want to get the victory over this ungodly device, of um, ungodly desires, then we have to submit to the authority of this word. I gotta figure out what's alive in me. Alright? The only way that I know what's alive in me is what's dragging me away from the things of God. What what what's enticing me to step outside of my marriage? What's enticing me to, to steal from my job? What's what's dragging me away? Then I realize what's alive. And not only that, what am I what those things that are alive, sometimes they don't need deliverance, they just need discipline. What am I calling it to be around? You're too close to stuff that you know you can't say no to. If I, 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 if I know my behind can't say no to some stuff, I got to remove myself from this process. Because I know my flesh prefers it. And then I got to start following my heart. Y'all got that worldly wisdom. But I got to follow the authority of this word. Notice what, what verse 14 says in our foundational text again. It says, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. The very things that are within us. And notice this, we become an associate and the enemy is attacking our lives by way of ungodly desires. That means we partner with the enemy in our own demise. When we leave, when we allow ungodly desires to run rampant in our lives. But even more than what's alive, even more than what's aroused, even more than what has authority, the greater tragedy, notice this, is we make ourselves subject to adoption to the devil. Hear me when I say this. I don't know if Serena put this up here, but John chapter 8, verse 14. It says, and you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Whenever I, I just give in to my ungodly desires, God says, you know, you no longer belong to me. This is Jesus speaking, y'all. He, he says, you no longer belong to me, the very protection that you needed, the very strength that you needed, and notice this, the very help that you needed because my help comes from the Lord. He says, no, you, you, your father is the devil because the desires of the devil, you desire to fulfill. That's a dangerous place to be, y'all. That, that, that's, that's too much of a cost for me to pay. To pay. We essentially sign adoption papers to the devil every time we give in to our ungodly God, this is why the James ends with this in verse 15 of our foundational text. That unchecked godly desires will always lead to death. Because the reward of the enemy will be our reward. I don't think y'all heard what I just said this morning. This is, it is, it's beyond you losing your wife. It's beyond you losing your paycheck because you gambled it away. It's beyond you losing your physical health because you couldn't keep a control of your appetite. God says, no, I'm going to sign you over to your real father, the devil. We've got to get a check on our ungodly desires. And here's what I want to do this morning. I want to pray with somebody who says, I haven't got my desires today. I'm struggling with some ungodly desires. I haven't learned discipline. I thought I could get delivered from this stuff. I came to the altar, but I've never been delivered. I need some discipline. If that's you, I want you to come now. Right? There's some stuff that you knew you should have killed, but you didn't kill it. 
And it's on the verge of killing you. I want you to come now. There's some stuff you've been too close to. You've been too in too close proximity to it. I want you to come now. As a matter of fact, those who don't come to the altar, I want you to stand. Because like I said, as long as I'm the, a disciple, there's something that I need to be delivered. I'm on this altar as my on my own behalf this morning. Put some restraints behind our ungodly God. 